Lord. We shout your name in praise and adoration. Father, we thank you that we can come together today. Thank you. Snow is not an obstacle. Cold is not an obstacle. We can come in and praise you and worship you openly. And we don't want to take that for granted because not every place in the world has the same privilege and opportunity. I pray, God, that we would never take for granted the fact that we can come together in openness and we can praise you publicly and worship you, the living God, Yahweh, in openness and freedom. And I pray, Lord, that as we've come in, we'll be able to lay aside the things that, that are weighing on our hearts and, and, and minds. We know that everybody's in a different place this morning. Some with great challenges, some with little irritants, some with just things that are just uh, challenging every part of their life. And we just pray, God, that you'll be able to help each and every one of us to lay those things down as we trust in you. God, we just, we thank you, God, for uh, raising up Donovan this week, and we just pray that you'll continue your miraculous work in his life and his recovery from a heart attack. God, we're amazed at how you you preserve life and how you do miraculous things. And I pray, God, that you will help us to, to have our faith built up because of what you've done and continue to do in our lives. And I pray today, Lord, that you'll take the word and take our time in communion together and that we would be changed because we've been here. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. When we have celebrate communion together, we abbreviate the first part of worship and we'll do more worship at the end of the service as well. Remember when? Remember when you could buy a cup of coffee for five cents? A Coke for 10 cents? Remember when a real expensive new car cost $3,000? And a new house cost $20,000? Remember when the biggest problems in high schools were chewing gum in class, running in the halls, and food fights? Remember the days before email and snail mail? Log on, boot up, and log off. Remember when opening a file was to open a paper folder, and bits and bytes were snack crackers, a mouse was a mammal, and spam was canned meat? Remember when a virus was something that gave you a cold and not something that crashed your computer? Remember when a tweet was what a bird said, Twitter was someone living as a twit, and friend was a noun as in a person, not as a verb, as in Facebook? Remember when Walter Cronkite closed the evening news with, and that's the way it is. And Reader's Digest didn't need a large print edition. Remember when a, a CAT scan is what your dog did when you let him outside, and transplants were for tulip bulbs, and a bypass operation was road construction. Remember when? It takes you back, doesn't it? Some of you are going, I, what is he talking about? That's okay. Back to the good old days, good old days. Well, some people like the past. In fact, they prefer the past, and they refuse to live in the present, and they, they just yearn for the, the good old days. Others prefer the future. They want to live in the future, not the present. Those who are discontent with the present, they want to change everything. Well, both those that live in the past and those who live only in the future are living in a fantasy world, either past or future. Both are searching for meaning that seems to elude them, either the past or the future. 
Well, one of the main themes of the Bible is that we live in the present one day at a time. One day at a time. John Huffman writes, the basic component of life is hope for the future based on memories of the past that brings meaning to the present. Today, as we move into the latter part of the service, we're going to celebrate communion together. It's a time to remember. And we're going to look at a, a story in the Bible that addresses the issue of remembering. Why? Why? Because we forget. That's why. Today we're going to continue our series in, in Joshua, and we're going to look at remember when, the importance of memories, the importance of memories. Not living in the past, but the past giving us direction for the present and the future. And I'd like you to turn with me as we continue in Joshua. Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4, we're going to read the first seven verses and then the last several verses uh, of chapter 4. It's on page 171 in the Bible in the rack in front of you if you want to follow along in a real book or if you want to follow on the projection screen. That's good. Joshua 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests stood, and to carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God in the, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. And in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off from the ark of the, before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. In verse 19, on the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future when your descendants ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Two weeks ago in the preceding chapter, Joshua 3, we found the people of Israel had experienced change. They experienced change, times of change. New paths, new directions, new obstacles, and new challenges. And in order for them to go forward on the journey, they had to experience and embrace change. And we talked about what that entails. God had done something powerful and miraculous that was part of establishing this nation of Israel. He had stopped the flow of the Jordan River so they could cross over in order to possess this land of promise, all that, that God had in store for them. And God did not want the succeeding generations to forget what God had done to help found this particular nation. And it was crucial for them to remember the founding of their nation and how God accomplished the miraculous on their behalf. They needed to 
remember. We celebrate past events because it's important to remember. And just like Joshua and the Israelites set up a memorial so they won't forget, we do the same kinds of things today. A lot of the same things today. The question is, why? Why? Why do we do that? Let's start by talking about the importance of memories. Importance of memories. Memory is important. Our present lives are built on the foundation of our past, of our memories. And the Christian is to live his or her life in the present, not be captive to the past or the future. But past memories play an important role in the present and future. The people of Israel called the name of this place Gilgal. Gilgal. Gilgal, this geographical location, was going to become for them a place of remembrance, a place to remember how God had parted the Jordan River and by his power they had crossed over. The word Gilgal means the reproach has been rolled away. It's an interesting, interesting term, Gilgal, interesting name. Reproach denotes to accuse of or to blame. The noun is shame or disgrace. Object of blame or censure or scorn. Well, for 40 years, the Israelites had wandered in the wilderness because of unbelief and disobedience. They had experienced the shame of their sin as an entire nation. Now, today, as they enter the promised land, they move forward and it says their reproach has been rolled away. Their reproach is rolled away. And so they don't forget. They are commanded by God to build this memorial of 12 stones. So there's a visual reminder of the time that their reproach has been rolled away. Their past shame is gone. There's a new future for them. And there's a place where your reproach and my reproach was rolled away. It's, it's called Calvary. It's, a, it's, the, it's the cross. It's what we celebrate in communion. That's where our, our, our sin was removed. Jesus died to pay for our sins. And when we're free, our Gilgal, the, the cross, were free to move forward. They were no longer enslaved in Egypt in their past. They weren't wandering in the wilderness of unbelief or meaninglessness. And in the same way, we, when we come to the cross, we ask Jesus to forgive our sins. We move on. We're free to move forward because our reproach is removed. And he says, remember, remember. See, God has given us many signs and symbols and memorials to remind us, to, to make us look back, to, to remember when, okay? When we look at, look at the Bible, we see things like, uh, persons like Noah, who was given the sign of the rainbow. The rainbow was a reminder of God's love and his promise to never again destroy the earth with the flood. That was a, a visual reminder. And every time you see a rainbow, I hope you think about Noah and that promise of God. For Abraham, there was a, a physical act of circumcision, which was a sign of entry into the covenant, this, this covenant relationship with God. For Israel, there was the Ark of the Covenant, which was a visible sign of God's presence. See, there's a, there's a challenge for human beings to worship a God they can't see. Anybody else have that? You start praying and you fall asleep because you can't see God. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Well, We've all had that problem always. And so the ark was a visible sign of God's presence. And inside the ark were the tablets of the law and manna. There, manna. there were reminders of God's continuing provision in his leadership. When they built a temple in Jerusalem, it was built to remind them of his dwelling place on earth. There are physical signs help us remember. Physical signs are very, very important. 
when we worship, we worship in visible physical actions and reminders. And, and there are biblical reasons that we do that. Some people say, why do you stand? We stand because we honor God. Why do you clap? Because it says, clap your hands. It's a giving an honor to God. We raise our hands as a child would, would raise his hands up to his father. You know, one of the most incredible things when I come home to my daughters when they were young, they don't do this anymore, but is I would walk in the room and it, I come home from work and it was like they're two or three, three, four years old. It was immediately, dad, pick me up, pick me up. It's, it's like this, this acknowledgement of fatherhood. And so, so when we raise our hands in, in praise and worship, it's not because we're of certain denomination or certain persuasion, it's because it's biblical. Physical signs that reminds us of who God is and what he's done. And of course, the most important visible sign that we had was Jesus, who was God becoming visible, coming in human form, the incarnation. We, we practice baptism, which is a symbol of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. It's a physical sign that helps us remember this and, and signifies this internal reality with an external physical sign. Very important that we understand what this is about. In Israel, it was Gilgal, the monument of 12 stones to signify their reproach is gone. And when we celebrate communion, it looks back at the cross but it also looks forward to the marriage supper of the Lamb when you read it in, in Revelation, the book of Revelation. It's, it's, it's a beautiful symbol, communion. For us today, it's the cross. We were crucified with Christ. We are resurrected with Christ, and our guilt was removed. It was rolled away. All throughout history, God used physical signs to help people remember. Why did he do that? Because we forget. We, I, that's it, people forget. That's the importance of memories. Let's look at some examples of memories. Remember when. You may remember, first of all, a special place. And it's important that we remember places of significance. I remember at age seven when I knelt by my bed and prayed to receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I remember that place very vividly. I remember at a retreat on the plains of North Dakota under this huge oak tree, I was age 16, I was a junior in high school, where I decided to give my entire life to God for his service. I remember in 1972 in a hotel room in Dallas, Texas, age 18, where I knelt beside a bed and put my trumpet on that makeshift altar and finally gave God my music and my trumpet. I finally said, okay, now it's for you, God. I remember the place I was in Florida in 1973 when, when I felt God had promised me that someday I would meet my spouse. And that was an important thing for me to hear from God. I remember the place of my first date with Judy. It was actually, it was coffee at, at Denny's. It was the only place open that, that night. And we were there for six hours over coffee. I remember the place on the beach on Puget Sound where I proposed to Judy. All special places, places of significance. Remember when? Think about special places that have significance, where important decisions were made. There were crucial events, turning points. It's important to remember when. Then there are people. Maybe there are people in your life. It's important to remember people who've had a significant impact on your life. I think about my sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Schendel, who was my sixth grade teacher in Faribault, Minnesota. 
I think about my high school band director, Mr. Larson, who believed in me. My high school basketball co coach, Mr. Wald, who taught me discipline, self-control, and how to run wind sprints. Yeah, you didn't slow down on those. If you slowed, slowed down before the end of that line, you are going again. I remember my pastor, mentor, teacher, my father, who said to me when I was entering seminary, he said, remember, he says, ministry is the development of the pastor's character. Remember my mother, who was my inspiration for creative writing and communication. People, significant people. Remember, you too have significant people in your background, in your past. Remember, remember. Maybe it's sounds and smells. The sounds of the kitchen when you wake up in the morning. The sounds of a football game. Maybe a, a parade. A, a building under construction. Machinery noises. The backing up of, of, uh, of the uh, machinery. Bah, 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 bah. You can always hear that. Maybe it's music. Songs that evoke memories. It could be an oldie. Could be a sacred hymn or a song that holds great meaning. Uh, sounds. Songs of singing. Worship. Could be the sounds of war for those of you that experienced the battlefield during one of our wars. Then there are the smells. I don't know if you remember the, the smell of the first day at school. Walk in that building, first day of school, you just smell that smell, okay? Teachers, administrators, yeah, first day of school. I remember the streets of Japan with the food vendors and the fish merchants and sweet potato salespeople, whatever. Remember when you smells, smells of Christmas, Thanksgiving. Bacon cooking. Now, I'll let you out to eat just a minute, okay? Did you know that studies have shown that smell evokes more powerful memories than any of the other five senses? Smells evoke more powerful memories of anything than any of the other five senses. You can smell one thing and it reminds you of your mother's kitchen or, or that food or that whatever it is. It's just like, wow, it just takes you back. Remember, then there are experiences. It's important to remember experiences of significance. And we do that. Typically, we, we celebrate, especially like the first birthday or the 16th birthday, the 21st birthday, or the wedding anniversary. Men, your life may depend on it. Just remember that. 25th anniversary, the 50th anniversary. Celebrate, remember. Examples of memories. Then there are, there are, there are physical gestures, physical gestures. An invitation to kneel down or to stand up. Maybe come forward or to, to raise a hand. Physical gestures that remind us of a significant time or decision. The singing of the national anthem where we cross our heart. And hopefully stand. Sorry, that's as political as I'll get today. Physical expressions of a significant commitment in life. Why? Physical expressions help us remember when and help us remember why. Then there are mementos, mementos. Things like wedding rings and books and pictures and scrapbooks. Do we have any scrapbooker people here in here? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, good, yeah. I've seen some incredible things. There are mementos, there are memories, they're just amazing things. Uh, quilts, doing quilts. We have quilters here, right? Yeah, doing quilts, awesome. Furniture, carving, special knickknacks. I know that Judy traveled all over the world in music 
uh, traveled in some uh, about 33 different countries and, um, and bought paintings and knickknacks and collectibles and dishes, all that remind her of each special place. They're, they're mementos. And I've been hauling every one of those breakables around for 38 years. <laughs> Along with three pianos, but that's, that's another thing. Sometimes I wish I'd married a violinist or flutist, but just pianos, you know, so. Harder to move. Anyway, things in our life. We look around our home, we look around our office, look around places, we see things that remind us, past memories. See, God knows how the human mind works. We tend to forget, so God says, I want you to remember. Remember when? Israel placed 12 memorial stones at Gilgal. Why? To remember. Why was it important to remember then, and why was it important for Israel then, and why is it important for us today? The why. Let's look at the role of memories. First of all, it teaches us lessons. Teach lessons. How many of you have ever said, I'll never do that again? I'll never do that again. Yeah, we remember that. And it may, it may be as simple as a, as a scar from hitting your chin on the edge of a pool or, or you know, a, a shin scar from riding your bike or doing something stupid. I, you know, you can do all kinds of things. I had a friend who, who said they, they decided uh, they were going to play kamikaze bikes and, and they were going to ride at each other full speed. And he said, at the last minute, he says, last minute, I'll turn right, you turn left. He said, okay. And that's exactly what they did. <laughs> If you don't get it afterwards, talk to me. I'll, I'll, I'll never do that again, he said. We learn from memories. History teaches us lessons we'll never forget. In today's schools, we fear the loss of lessons as history becomes history. It's either de-emphasized or being rewritten. History teaches us a wealth of lessons, what to do, what not to do. And the Bible is full of history, historical of accounts of how God worked, how God related to his people, how God's experience God's people experience failure, how, how they picked themselves up after failure, how God restored them, how God gave them success. It doesn't whitewash anything. It tells the whole story. And it's important. The history in the Bible teaches us about God. It teaches us about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit, the early church. Memories. Remembering teaches lessons. It also, letter B, gives us perspective. Gives perspective primarily when it comes to values and our value system. What is important in the long run? What lasts? What is transient? For Israel, their relationship with Yahweh God was the most important relationship existing. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, your strength, heart, and soul. As we look back at our lives, what is it that's important? Some people spend their whole life accumulating possessions and find in the end they would have been much happier accumulating friends. An eternal perspective. Not one person I've ever talked to said to me at the end of their life, I wish I would have spent more time at work. I wish I'd have spent more time at work. But many have said, I wish I'd spent more time with my family and my kids. One cartoon showed a lady at the cologne counter asking the proprietor, do you have anything that smells like a desk? Anyway. Okay. <laughs> For you today, 
How does looking back give you perspective? Can, can you see what's really important? One mother said to me, I wish I'd never worked to put my kids in daycare. Everyone said it was best, but I lost valuable time with my children. Some have no choice. Some do. I wish I would have taken God serious much sooner. Oh, I've heard that a lot. I wish I would have taken God serious much sooner. Remembering also gives direction. For, for Israel, where did they come from? And where are they going? Abraham was going to the promised land. Israel, or the, the nation of Israel went down to Egypt. They were saved from famine and from slavery. God led in different ways. Then they went in the wilderness and learned the lessons in the wilderness by seeking God's direction. Then the promised land, finding all that they had for, for them. The interesting part of, of biblical history is a lineal view of history. It's the beginning, middle, and an end. There's a, there's, a, there's a lineal view of history. There's a direction. There's a purpose. Now, not all religions teach that. There's some religions teach a cyclical view of history. It just keeps going. Reincarnation. You come back and forth all the time. But the biblical view of history is it's lineal. It has a beginning. It has an ending, a culmination. And for Israel and for us, remembering the past in that context gives us a sense of direction. Even today, Israel bases their right to exist as a nation, living in the area known as Palestine, based on the past Abrahamic covenant, the promises to Moses and Joshua, all pointing back to remembering to give them the right today. How many of you in school did a family history project? A lot of you. How many of you did your kids' family history project? Okay. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Um, both of our daughters did family history projects in school. And our, our family roots are in Norway. All our ancestors came from Norway. So if you wonder why there's something wrong with me, that's, that's it. We're from Norway. And this history became very real four, four years ago when Brianna, our youngest daughter, was selected to be on a Norwegian reality show. It was Alt for Norgay. It's an Emmy Award-winning show in Norway, exploring family roots, cultural connections, and heritage. It was an amazing thing for her. She made it all the way to the end. Uh, didn't win, but she made it all the way to the end. And then she had the opportunity, she went back two months later, to meet many of our relatives in Norway. It was, it was an amazing experience. Looking at roots, looking at where we came from. Saw the original homestead and farm where my, gra my grandfather, her great-grandfather, grew up and what he left and why he came to America. You know, it's just so many things. This lineal view of history, remembering, is fascinating. We had the opportunity to meet them. We've actually FaceTimed with some of my second cousins over there, and, uh, and we're trying to, trying to find a time that we can get over, or they can come over to visit us. But it's, it was an amazing thing to meet our relatives. Where are you from? On what paths has God led you? Where are you going? Your past helps you see a direction, a direction. Someone said life. It only makes sense when you look at it backwards. But you have to live it forwards. Life, it only makes sense when you look at it backwards, but you have to live it forwards. Our past helps us see a direction. We may need to refocus. Fourth, remembering helps build faith. It builds faith. One of the primary reasons to remember is to build our faith. Israel was to remember God's mighty acts on their behalf so they could know that God could do the same thing today and tomorrow. Verse 23 and 24 says, says this. 
For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful so that you might always fear the Lord your God. An amazing thing. An amazing thing. Oh, I was going to read something else, but we'll, we'll go on. And for you and me, worship and reading of the word of God are both ways of seeing what God has done in the past for us. But we need to personalize it in your past life. Remember when you were not a believer, when you came to faith in Christ, when you were an infant in your faith. Remember God's provision, answers to prayer, miraculous interventions. We, we forget you know, God answers a prayer and gets us through this challenge. The next day we run into something, we go, oh no, we panic. It's like, oh no, oh, that's right, I gotta remember what God did before. Maybe he can do that again. Maybe he can intervene again. Maybe he, you know, all of these things, we just, we forget, we have this memory lapse. And that's why it's critical to remember. Now don't live in the past, but remember the past and live in the now. Remembering builds faith, builds faith. Remembering also unifies people. Israel held festivals, celebrations, and feasts to remember bringing people together. That's why you have class reunions and hostage reunions and they have Holocaust reunions. Remembering as a shared experience. It's a role of a Christmas celebration, Easter, Pentecost Sunday, Fourth of July, Patriot Day, Labor Day, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, and yes, communion to remember. Remembering brings unity. It also makes us thankful for God's provision. And finally, it gives a, a heritage for future generations. A heritage for future generations. He said to the Israelites, in the future when your descendants ask the fathers, what do these stones mean? Tell them, this is what happened. Remembering when gives our children and their children a heritage of faith in God deeply rooted in historical facts, not only biblical historical facts, but your heritage and your story and your heritage, your heritage. We can see as we share with our kids, our history, our mistakes, our failures and sins, how great God is to love us where we are. God's grace, remember when Joshua as we go through this, we're going to find that Joshua was going to come back time and again to Gilgal, a place to remember. This place became holy ground to the people of Israel. Gilgal was the base of all operations against the enemy. And after his victories and his defeats, he always went back to Gilgal, a place of remembrance. For you and me, after our victories, after our defeats, after all those things, we can go back to Gilgal, the place of remembering what God has done, the base of operations where our reproach was rolled away at the cross of Jesus Christ, where we started a brand new life. Galatians 6.14 says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are here today and say, I cannot remember a time in my past where I was actually born again, where I asked for forgiveness. You can do that today. 
You can pray a prayer that sounds like this, Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead and are alive today. Forgive my sins. Take charge of my life. Make me what you want me to be. If you don't remember having ever prayed that prayer and you want to pray that prayer, would you note on the Connect card there's a box in the upper right-hand corner. You just put your whatever information you're comfortable with, just put it in the upper right-hand corner and put it in the offering box as you leave today. And uh, give, give me an opportunity to talk with you about that faith. Because if you don't remember, I want you to have a chance to accept Jesus today. We're going to move to a time of communion, and I'd like us to bow our heads in prayer as we prepare. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us a great example of remembering. And I pray, God, that you would help us to remember. And as we celebrate this, the Lord's Supper this morning, that we would, in a new way, remember again what you've done for us. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would Remind us of the, the, our, our place of remembrance, Gilgal, where our reproaches rolled away. And that we would again value what you've done for us and give us thanksgiving. And we do thank you for that, in Jesus' name. We're going to sing some worship in a moment and invite you to come up by rows down the middle aisle to one of these stations. There's a station in the back which actually has gluten-free communion element. And uh, you can go to any, any, which, any of these uh, stations. And then once you've received it, if you just go back to your seat and be seated and, and then take the elements when you're ready, whenever you want to do it. You don't have to be a member of this church to take communion. You know Jesus as your Savior. You're invited to come and join with us. The Apostle Paul wrote this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Remember, I invite you as we worship. Pray that you would help us to remember on a daily basis, not just what your sacrifice meant to us, but how you intervene and you do incredible things in our lives on our behalf. And I just pray that you build our faith as we move forward today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Just a couple of things. If you 